0818-715-815. Hello, good afternoon, and you're very welcome to Liveline. Joe at RT.ie, remember on uh, Friday week, what day is today, Wednesday, on Friday week, uh, we are in the Kingsley Hotel at Victoria Cross there in Cork City for Funny Friday. That's Friday the 27th of January. All welcome, totally free, loads of giveaways, great fun. Be good to see you on the day. Denise Dalton, Denise, good afternoon. Hi, Joe, how are you? Good, well, how are you? This is a horrific story. You were prompted by the discussion yesterday about uh, hit and runs and, and drivers. Yes, Joe, yeah, what, what it happened, me very much. What happened to you, Denise? Um, Joe, I was walking home and um, coming down the road just about to cross at uh, Stevens Green and a car came from nowhere and knocked me flying. Wow. Almost killed me. I lay on the road with multiple injuries from what happened and my husband was with me at the time. He was my boyfriend then. Okay. And uh, he he was trying to, to grab me from the car but it was too late. I took the full impact of the car and helped me and up over the bonnet and left me with multiple injuries, Joe. And Denise, just tell us, what time of day was it and exactly where was it? It was in the evening time, Joe. It was about half ten at night. Okay, and this was coming May. Coming back from the, Harcourt Street. The end of May, okay. Yeah, we come back from Harcourt Street at a late night shop. I had milk and a packet of crisps. Okay. And uh, we were coming down the road, holding hands and went across the road, pressed the button, the green man was there. Yeah. We went across the road and just before we got to the footpath, Joe, the car came from nowhere. And, and did you, flying. And Denise, did you hear her coming or see I it coming? I couldn't know, Joe. I didn't even hear the, the car coming. Wow. It just came from nowhere. And what direction was, was, was he coming from the from Stevens Green or Harcourt Street? He, he'd have been coming up from um, the Stevens Green area. Okay, so he would have headed off where? Um, towards Kevin Street okay, area. Okay, across the top of New Street. Street. Yeah. Up okay. that way, yeah. So, as far as I presume, yeah. And you didn't realise anything until you... F- do you even do you remember the impact given the, the seriousness no, of your injury? No, Joe. I was instantly blanked. Wow. I didn't hear nothing. All I remember was being resuscitated in um, the Maid Hospital. Which is around... Uh, that's gone uh, since, yeah. This was... Yeah, well yeah. gone since then, Joe. And, and what, what do you mean resuscitated? Were you dead? Yeah, I was dead, Joe. They resuscitated me five times. And... Uh, I remember just hearing a, a, a massive shout from a doctor saying, we have a breath, we have a breath. And then I, I just remember uh, coming out with a big breath, Joe, and yeah. I was alive and I could just hear, we have her, we have her. And that was it. And I just kind of faded in and out of consciousness after that, Joe. And how long were you in hospital for, Denise? Well, I was in hospital... Uh, three hospitals, Joe. I was in the maid. Yeah. I was in gym, and then I was in the Clontar orthopedic. Oh yeah, yeah, for a And the whole thing went on for over two years. Good God! For rehabilitation, learn how to walk again. And what were your in- what were your again. injuries, Denise? Um, both of my legs were dismantled. Then my knees went the other way instead. Gone away. Okay, your phone line is disappearing on me. Um, you there, Denise? You there, Denise? Denise? I know. No, all that's gone, unfortunately. Um, okay, okay. 
Okay, is Dennis O'Higgins there? I'm on hand, Dennis. Hello, Joe. I'll go back to Denise as soon as I get her back on the phone there. Uh, horrific story. What, what's, what, what happened in your case, Dennis? You say you could have been in the morgue. What happened? I could, certainly, Joe. I'm, I'm very lucky to be alive and well, I think. Um, well, just as a matter of interest, we're listening to, listening to your tech, uh, topic on the, the test, about the text yesterday, which mm-hmm. is frightening. But um, I was coming as a passenger out from uh, Monaghan Town in our car yesterday. And just as we came out to the first roundabout, called Corlette Roundabout, um, we had slowed down naturally enough. But this car came at high speed on uh, right beside us. It had on the totally wrong side of the road. It obviously approached the roundabout from the wrong side. I went across the road to get to, to avoid going round the roundabout. Mm-hmm. And it was, I couldn't believe how near it came to us. It shouldn't have been there anyway. And the next thing I've seen a patrol car um, with all the blue lights flashing okay. uh, about a minute later. Now, they did do the proper thing and go around the roundabout properly. And um, clearly, they were chasing that uh, offender. Ah, okay. Now, um, I don't know. I don't know any more about it than that. Only, only God, I never got such a fright in my life. Lucky enough, my wife was driving because I think if I say, was driving, I wouldn't have done as good a job of getting in out of the road well in done. such a well quick done. time. But uh, when you say he, he, do you think it was a he? Could you see the driver? Uh, now, Joe, I, I can't hear that well for some reason. But oh. um, um, could you, could no, you, could you see the driver? I couldn't because it was on the edge of dark. It was about about ten, about ten to five, and just on the edge of dark. The snow was beginning, and it was just about the worst time possible for anything like that to happen. And when you say uh, he was travelling on the wrong side of the oh, road, right, Dennis, it, what do you mean? I mean, let's say, that, let's say that, uh, the, 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 we were coming out from on in town towards the roundabout. Yeah, uh, he was coming another road. Now it wasn't visible to us whenever he was approaching. So in order to cut in beside us, not not for him to avoid going around the road, he had to cross the road from from the left-hand side. He had to come across onto the right hand before yeah. we were uh, in view of that car and, and cut short and kept to his right. Now, remember, we were on our proper left, so therefore, and he was driving on, on, on his right-hand side. See, right, within inches of our car at high speed. Oh, God. And then, how um, soon afterwards did you see the guard the car in pursuit? Uh, I'd say probably less than half a minute. Okay. They were very near him. Now, I, it wouldn't surprise me if they lost. And I'm just wondering when this car continued past our car, uh, it had to get back onto the the, the left hand its its left hand side of the road okay. to be on the proper side. And, uh, you know, at that stage, there could have been other motors involved yeah. in, in, in the hit and run. Yeah, we've been on, this happened outside Monaghan Town on the mm. N2, and we went on to the Garda press office to see what happened. Did they catch the, catch the alleged offender or whatever? But you, mm. were, you, were, you were safe and sound. You say it was your wife who was driving. She was, uh, Joe. And she took, she took evasive action. She did, lucky enough now. She did very quickly, I must say. Okay, so she saved your life, Dennis. Oh, without a doubt, Joe. Without okay. they, what concerns me is I'm wondering about the protocol that the Gardaí have for for chasing offenders like that. It certainly isn't wise what they've done yesterday evening. Well, I think the protocol is to try and catch them. 
What, what, what was unwise about what they did? Oh, well, I mean, if you chase any car, if particularly the car they and the car trying to get yeah. away, you just don't know what that dri- offending driver has done, and you don't know what they'll do to get to evade the car. Yeah. There. Well, that's a good point. Yeah, it's taking a huge chance, and I, I think. Yeah, it's but you can't be. We, we, we don't know what the alleged offence was. Say he had beaten up his partner or something, and he was. Yeah, well, we like, don't, Joe, but I, I'm doing my best to find out, and okay. I, I didn't get much help, to be well, honest. We, we've been on to the Garda Press office, Dennis. I'm glad to hear you're safe and sound, and thanks uh, mm. to, your, to, your, to your wife's good driving. Sa- safe travelling. That's Dennis O'Higgins in Monaghan. Back to Denise Dalton in Dublin. Denise Dalton was walking across the, the junction there at the top of Stevens Green. How, how do I locate? If you're coming down, if you've been in Coppers, I suppose, and you walk down from Coppers down to the junction of Stevens Green, this is where it happened. It was May the 26th, 1996. It was a, a relatively bright evening at the end of May, beginning of June. And D- Denise, you were hit out of the blue. Um, yeah, and you were in hospital, you say, on and off for two years. Okay. Phone. What's wrong with the phone lines? Okay, Phil, Phil Connity. Phil, good afternoon. Afternoon, Joe. Okay. Um, are you speaking through a pillow, Phil? You're not. It just sounds like it. No, no. No, okay. I'm, 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 I'm on the phone here in the car. Uh, okay, you're stopped and safe and sound. Oh, yeah. That's great, yeah. Okay, the importance, thanks, Phil, for contacting us, the importance of wearing high-vis. Uh, yeah, it's, it's something I, I, I'm constantly aware of. I do most of my driving on rural roads. And I've been driving for over 50 years, so plenty of experience. Okay. But the number of people who still go walking along rural roads and in quite, quite often very dark and dull clothing. Yeah. And cyclists, again, the old thing about not having lights on the bike and not having high-vis clothing. And I just feel that the Road Safety Authority uh, are very remiss in not putting more advertising on about that, about the importance that. Well, basically, pedestrians and cyclists have a responsibility to other road users as well as themselves. And unfortunately, the car driver generally will be considered to be at blame if a pedestrian gets hit or mm-hmm. a cyclist gets hit. But in some case, to be honest with you, in 50 years driving, I actually would say that if it wasn't for the skill and observational skills and reaction times of the majority of drivers in Ireland, our kill list on the road or accident list on the road with pedestrians and cyclists would be massively higher than it is at the moment. Now, when it's you say it would... have, Pedestrians have to take some responsibility for their own safety. But I just wonder, do you, do you, now it's a long time ago, Phil, or maybe I'm not up to speed, pardon the pun, but I thought the RSA gave, instead of advertising, which they do a lot of, in fairness, and campaigning, uh, Liz O'Donnell is, is uh, always on the radio trying to remind people, rightly so, of the dangers. But was there a time when the RSA used to give out high-vis? Oh, they did. They give out high-vis. high-vis are, they still, are they still doing that? That'd be, br- that'd I be brilliant. They, I think they do that for on occasions. They, they, well, they should, they, have, do, they should start yeah, doing it again. Is there any... Well, let's, let's, like let's put out a call, Phil. Is there any company... In Ireland, well, uh, that's... No, but it, 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 it's not that, Joe. I mean, it, it, it's not a question of the of them giving out free jackets. I mean, let's face it; these these jackets cost a couple of bob. They're not. Yeah, well, that's they're, what not the... they're not. They're not. They're not high end. Uh, high end. I know, clothing. but that's why I think it'd be great if shops if, or pubs or whatever had a, had a supply safety. of them. But if somebody has that little regard for their own safety, if I'm, if I'm going to walk on the road, and particularly if it's going to be near dusk, I would. Uh, 
It, it, to me, somebody walking without a high-wheel jacket is like a driver driving with no lights on. And a driver driving with no lights on would be arrested and charged quite rightly. Why can't we have the same system for pedestrians? Well, it's not illegal. It's, it's, wheels, why can't they be charged? Charged with what? Charged with caught, be, be, caught, being a danger to, to other road users, which is what they're being if they're walking without... without yeah, but it's not, it's not illegal... Um, it's not. I'm, I'm saying it's not illegal at the moment. But why isn't it made illegal? We we need we need to start coming coming to terms with this. Yeah, and but stop you see, making why the drivers yeah, always to blame? Why why do we need laws all the time? Well, we have laws about driving. So why don't we have laws about pedestrians? I mean, well, why, jaywalking. Yeah, jaywalking is an offense. It's an offense. Yeah, well, why can't we not just? So why can we not just? Yeah. We have laws there already, but they're not and being enforced. Yeah, but who's? Yeah, that that is the thing. Like who's going to enforce the law? Well, I mean, it, sure. it's no, it's no different. It's no different than being out on the road, Joe. I mean, I mean, I mean, that we, we could do it an awful lot more traffic police on the road for cars. So uh, just just because not every motorist is stopped, yeah, but for the you, size, you don't come along yeah, and say, but, yeah, why yeah, should we bother? Yeah, but for the size of our country, we've a fairly uh, per capita, we've a fairly uh, decent Western world uh, per capita police force. Yeah, we, the the economy can only pay for so many Gardaí. The tax the, the, the can only pay for so many Gardaí. The road traffic policing unit has been downsized considerably over the, over the last number of years. And mm. it has not up to full strength or even approaching full strength. I mean, I, I can drive from here to Dublin. I've just driven up to Derry today and back. And I, I haven't seen one single squad car or motorcyclist, okay. or police motorcyclist on, on, in that entire journey. And I could travel a week two weeks sometimes around the rural roads and main roads without even seeing a squad car. So there is definitely not enough policing out there. Well, I don't have that. That's hardly scientific. Well, it is scientific. It's scientific. The police talk about high visibility policing, but you know, talking about it and doing something mm. about it seems to be two completely different things. Okay, I don't mind talking about it and having, having, having a highlight week, having a bank holiday weekend when we have this anti-speed yeah. and all the rest of it. That's great. But the rest, of, the rest of the time, where are they? What's out there and what's been done? And as I say again, stopping, constantly focusing on the driving and cars and the speed mm. and all that is, is all very well. You know, you, you, you're, you, you're, you're not looking at the other side of the coin. Well, you see, like the yeah, have a responsibility. And yeah, well, have responsibility. responsibility. Grab, grab a high-vis jacket and the easier they are yeah. to get, the better. Exactly. Well, and you should I mean, have four or five of them, I, one in your car, one I, under I, the stairs. I, I, I leave, I leave getting the parents to be to give them out free to you, Joe. I can't do anything about that. Well, as you said, he only costs a couple. I'm not talking about the powers of be. Some company could give them out and they can advertise on the front and back. Why should they give, why should they give them out free? Because they're great. You wouldn't go out without a pair of shoes, Joe. So why should you have to get, get, get a jacket? Okay, well, that's, that, that's a good way of putting it. Yeah, you wouldn't go out with a pair of shoes. Okay, no, Phil, it, no, it, fair, well, play, fair play. If, fair if, play. If, if, if you're not prepared to spend a fiver on, on a high-vis jacket, yeah. well, you obviously don't have much regard for your own safety and very little or no regard for other road users. Now, remember, the tragedy is, Phil, and you're right, the person who always comes off worse in a car accident is the pedestrian. I know that. And that I mean that's 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 just physics. It's, it's yeah, not, physics, not exactly. And the person yeah. who comes off worse in a truck accident is the person in the car or a bike. So that's yeah, physics person, again, yeah. But, but unfortunately the questions that get asked are was the was the driver speeding, was the driver paying attention? Okay. These are the questions. Nobody says 
was the person, the pedestrian, wearing a high-vis jacket, and particularly around dusk and dawn. Yeah, and but at every, this time of the year, yeah. when you even just have uh, a, a little bit of rain I don't, and misty weather. Thankfully, I don't know what it's like, uh, Phil, and hopefully you don't either. But I cannot imagine the effect it would have on your life if you knocked down and killed the pedestrian. And I can't imagine, and I, and I can't imagine that the effect a, you will have on a driver's life. That is a, that's, that's, that's what I'm no saying. That's, a, that's what I'm saying. Yes, on the driver's life. Yes. The driver, the driver has, 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 to, has to live with that for the rest of his life. Exactly. And that's a bullet. That, that's a bullet. That, yeah, let me, wearing, if yeah. the person had been wearing high-vis clothing, there's a good chance that he would have seen them. In time to yeah, well, let's try and get more high-vis clothing out there because when you hit a pedestrian, it's a bullet that never stops travelling. It will, if God forbid, if you did in, seriously injure or kill as a pedestrian, well, I, I you, will, you, will, you, you will not in, rest easy, I presume, for in, the rest of your life, in, in regardless years, of whose fault it was, Phil. In 50 years driving, if it wasn't for quick reactions and being very alert yeah. all the time and very aware, I'd say I could be responsible for probably hitting and maybe 10 or 12 people in that 50 years driving. And that's one because, of the... Yeah, I know. Of the fact, mainly because of the fact that they weren't wearing high-vis clothing. I was just yeah. a tiny okay, but that's, that's one of the things. We all have to do driving tests and one of the first things we'll do on a driving test is be told to be fully aware of the road as part of it. Denise is back. Denise. Hi, Joe. Um, so you're two years in hospital, you're knocked yes. down, um, yeah. and did, did anyone identify the car? Anyone see the car? Um, my husband just got a glimpse of the back of the car as it was speeding away, I suppose. It was a white-coloured um, car. Um, oh. he, he'll be able to tell you more about it. Okay, and was there CCTV in those? It was 96. Well, not in those days, Joe. There wasn't really much CCTV around that area. The police and went and done a check. They had a look and they didn't see any CCTV around there. And do you think, Denise, looking back on it, and I'll talk to you now about your current situation, but do you think looking back on it, his car was damaged? Well, it'd have to be in the front, Joe, because I took yeah. a good belt off that yeah. and it lifted me over the bonnet and landed me on the other side. Like So the car was free to drive away then, if you, if you know what I'm saying. Yeah, I've just wondered, was there, was there a headlight broken or... I'd the, say there would have been. Yeah, I think there was glass on the road. Yeah. There was pieces of red glass around the area. And Denise, uh, Denise, what what's your situation now? Um, nothing, Joe. Well, uh, what are your injuries now? Well, they're ongoing, Joe. I yeah. have um, osteoarthritis in both of my legs. Oh, God. Um, I find it hard to walk. Uh, I fall over a lot, loss of balance. Yeah. I'm a trip hazard. Um, my husband takes care of me, so protects me from half of the stuff that I may fall over and hurt myself. Um, basically, nothing, Joe. I can't get on with my life anymore. Oh, it, it, it's kind of oh, it, it stopped, if I can say that. It, it, it's just me existing from now, Joe. Like, there's nothing, like, I can't go out and do the things that I used to do. I can't be the woman that I always wanted to be. Yeah. I can't be the mother that I wanted to be because all, all them options were taken away from me due to this. Broke me heart. I've been to psychiatrists, uh, yeah. had counselling. None of that ever worked, Joe. Yeah. It was just to talk for an hour or so and then you go back and deal with it again and yeah. it doesn't go away. You wake up with it. You go to bed, right? And Denise, Denise, do you still do you live near the site of the accident? 
I used to, Joe. I used to live up the road from there and then I moved away. I now live far away from yeah. there. I, I I used to be from the south side. Now I'm on the north side. Okay. And, uh, and I presume that was difficult for you seeing that spot. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. Uh, it, it's horrible, job. And do you get much? I know the driver was never caught. Uh, no. And never located. No. Um, what, what about state help for you? That's, that's criminal damage you suffered, criminal injury. Yeah, nothing, Joe. I looked for um, help for hit and run victims online and I never found one thing for hit and run victims. They seem to be forgotten. No one cares about them. Because after I looked for help for my own self, I, I couldn't find nothing. And I just basically went into a shell of myself, Joe. And when I heard that lady talking about our daughter yesterday, brought her all back to me. Yeah. And I said, oh, it's awful. It's, these feelings never go away, Joe. If you have to wake up with something every day and deal with it, it's awful. And in pain situations mm. and trying to medicate them to take the pain away and all that. And are you in yeah. a, do you mind me? Are you in a lot of pain, Denise? Well, it does hurt, Joe. You know, I yeah. find it hard to walk. But, but I do want to, you know. Like I, I don't want to... Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't want to sit down and die, Joe. You know, like just rot away and be forgotten about. Yeah. Is Mark, is Mark with you, Denise? He is, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Would you like to speak to him, Joe? Yeah, please. And I'm thinking, just before you go, Denise, you're, you're only, if you were 19, you're only in your mid-40, so yeah. there's every likelihood that driver is still alive. Yeah. Anyway, I'll 27 have a... years this year, Joe. Yeah. And the impact on, on such a thing, you know, said, like it's, that was a, it's in me. You yeah. can see it in me, Joe. Well, that was a bullet yeah. that never stopped travelling and bullets never yeah. stopped travelling. I'll t- I'll say hello to Mark and then I'll come back okay, to you, Denise. Joe. Yeah. Okay, Joe. Here he is. Hiya, Mark. Uh, hiya, Mark. You Hi, okay? Joe. Yeah. How are you? Good, good. How are you? I'm okay, Joe. Yeah, I'm Grant. What do you remember about uh, the 26th remember, of May? You know, it was at that junction of Cuff Street and Harcourt Street and we were crossing and we had the Green Man to cross. And as we were crossing halfway across, I don't know, I just caught a glimpse of a car at the side of me and it says, He's not slowing down. Okay. And I just grabbed Denise. And as I did, I got past the car. She got the full impact. She went up. He kept going. And she just bounced up and down off the ground then. Good God. Although it's like, it, it was life-changing injuries for her. Obviously, as she's explained there. Yeah. And okay, what was, what, what did you think it just happened, Mark? What did you? I, I, I knew what happened, Joe. Yeah, you Look, knew. It was about half ten in the evening. We'd only gone up to the shop to get milk for, I think it was for our mum or our brother or something for a cup yeah. of tea. And we were walking back down and we had the packer crisps. We were eating the crisps, going across at the green man and full impact of the car. Now, a taxi did stop behind okay. and I said to him, oh, Should you try and catch him or even get his reg? Yeah, okay. So he went after and he goes, Look, he's after breaking lights and all. He goes, I'm not breaking lights because he came yeah, back yeah. around and we were still there. He'd be killed. And I said, Do you even get the rage? And he goes, I wasn't, he goes, I was just looking at his car trying to catch him. And then when Denise is on the ground, was she still conscious, Mark? No. No. No, so, Joe. So you're feverishly trying to get help in an ambulance? Well, I'm stunned there right beside her and a couple of people just came around and just kind of, they took their jackets off, put them under our head, like. Uh, uh, it was just in a split second, Joe. 
It was a split second. And then the ambulance came. Did you, Denise said, what, she was resuscitated. She died five, and was resuscitated. Five times. Five times. It, yeah, yeah. Yeah. She, she, was, she was dead. She was, like, there was blood coming out of her ears. There was blood coming out of her nose. Her, her legs were upside down, like, sideways and torn oh. around and twisted. And I, I, I remember just seeing the ambulance there and the lads in their high-vis jackets. And they were kind of trying to get saying, Denise, come on, Denise, come on. And they were saying, right, get her in quick, get her in quick. And your man's kind of walking on her as they were putting her in. I don't, I, I, I don't even know how we got to the hospital that night, Joe. Yeah. I really don't know. I just remember, I can still see that now like it was yesterday. It was a, I'm, I don't, I think it was a Peugeot 405, the old box bodies ones. Okay. That's, because I used to like cars and I was, yeah, well, I wasn't well, mad yeah. in so I knew me yeah, more than I knew, more than knew, than yeah. I knew their yeah. shapes. And but, did, uh, did it break? Well, was, it, was there glass left on the road? Was there any of the front of the car that impact? Joe, you know, when Denise, after a couple of days, the guard came up to the hospital and he said to me, he goes, is that being a bit of a headlight? We're going to check around the okay. local garages and repair shops. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. That, that was the last we heard of it. I haven't heard that from that day to this. Now, I... I one of the reasons Denise contacts she wants the case reopened doesn't she she'd love to have it reopened there's too many people getting away with this job and no comeback for them I, I, every time every day I hope that fella has nightmares I and really do, do cause and do, you think, do you think it was a fella Mark I don't know yeah no, I know, I know no. yeah. every day I hope that driver has nightmares whoever it was and was it in the newspapers at the time, Mark? Couldn't tell you, Joe. Oh, okay, because you were, yeah, exactly. I had no interest in papers. Or, come on, Joe, we does, were only kids. He, yeah, yeah, no, you're Denise only you know, 19. I was 23, yeah. and I think yeah. Denise was 19 at the time. Now, just about, let me ask one stupid question, Mark. Do you, oh, think, no. do you think he knew that he hit Denise? Definitely. Okay. Definitely. Oh, yeah, no, definitely. It was too much of an impact. So whoever did has been living with it now for... Has been living with it, and I hope okay. it's on their conscience. Because it's on, it's in our lives every day, Joe. The kids had to grow up with this. Yeah. You know, like in, in the middle of the night when the kids were babies and we, they'd wake up and you know you'd walk the floor with Yeah, them. yeah, of course, yeah. Oh, we done that. <laughs> because Denise couldn't. Yeah, couldn't share it. You know, it? like she, she wasn't the mother that she's always wanted to be. Like the kids would ask, can we go swim? No, because mommy can't swim. Not because she can't, because of the physical difficulty we're going through every day, Joe. Yeah. It's awful. Like, there was another, I think, another person in Galway this morning hit and run. It's nearly one a day, if not two or three. Something. And, like, nobody, nobody thinks of the devastation it's left behind. Not just for the, the survivor, for the family. Like, there's, there's, the rest of us are in on it. Yeah, of course. You know, like, course, Denise yeah. wasn't born with a disability. This was put upon her. Yeah. And it's it disables all of us job. You know, like we're restricted on what we can and can't do. And if it's, if if he had been caught, Mark. Oh job. Every day I think of it. Every day, Joe. I'd love to get my hands on him. The things he's done he's 
Okay. So it's just what I'm thinking. It's a life sentence for all of us. Yeah, I know that. I know. You know, and like we're good people, we're decent people, Joe. We don't deserve this. Nobody, nobody over there, any other victim is over there. They don't deserve this job. Um, and what help does Denise get? Is she, she's nothing, she, Joe. We get nothing off now. Well, she's entitled Joe. to her care, surely. Basic. I'm a carer. Okay. I'm a carer. I look after her. And then, Joe, we didn't get, we weren't granted this till 2012. And we had this struggle. We had nothing. We have nothing. It's, I love the bounds of our, no, yeah. I'll be with her till till the two of us dropped up. Yeah. Like, she's the love of my life and it's an awful thing to say I go through this. And did you just live close to each other growing up? No, no we was from the north side. So from we, okay. we, we, we met together on a building site. So <laughs> <laughs> it was, it was. Like, Denise was brought in as a cleaner and her uncle ran the farm yeah. and I was brought in as a labourer and the two of us ended up uh, walking yeah. together and we'd go out and... Magic. Ah, stop, Joe. So it was a mixed ma- it, was, it was a mixed marriage. You were from the north side, she was from the south side. Yeah, and no, I dragged her back over here. <laughs> <laughs> it's still, it's a... I know, Joe, like, it's, it's bloody awful. Like, the oh. kids, um, we're sick of saying no to the kids. And it, you see, nobody sees that side, Joe. You know, oh. like, it's, it's, not, it's a daily struggle for, about, for, the, for all of us. And I'm sure it is for every other survivor out there of it. Like, yeah. there's no... Joe, I'm not tech savvy, but I've had a look online to see if there's anything there. Even a forum to talk about. You're the first person we've spoke to about this. Mm. Since... And realistically, since this happened. Because yeah. nobody cares. Nobody cares out there, Joe. The only people that care is the husbands and the wives of the survivors. And that's all. But even like the cases we've been talking about the last few days, like one case, the driver, uh, now he did come back, in fairness. He did come back. Oh, no, that joke. But he, but he, but he, he was. How he was, did he come back? He, he walked back. He, but he what was about out, that person he hit? He was out of prison. I take your point. Oh, my God. But he was out of prison in two years, Mark. Yeah. It, 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 do you know what? The Irish law system is a joke, Joe. It really is a joke. There's people getting away with some crazy things. And like, I, I'm not, I don't watch it all the time and I kind of got fed up watching it. But the crimes that are being committed out there and they're walking away from these things. You know, there's yeah. that woman yesterday. She has this for the rest of her life, Joe. Yeah. God love her. Our hearts went out to her yesterday. Of course, yeah. And that's what prompted Denise to get in contact. Like, we... We're very private people. We don't speak about this, but when you hear something like that, it just touches your job. Yeah, yeah, and, and have, yeah, and yeah. Even though you have your own enormous burdens to carry as well, I'm very conscious of that. So I, know, I know, but for the grace of God, there you go, boy, job. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's and it's many, many children. Denise has me time and time before. She goes, wouldn't have been better off if he if he'd have killed me. Ah. And, and that's been that's being honest with you, job, because. Yeah, I just left the world void. Yeah. You know, it's it's just, I, I never think like that. And I try and bring yeah. her out of those of course, kind of yeah, thoughts. Like, play, yeah, yeah. I very rarely let things get me down, Joe, but 
And you mentioned... And Denise the, was even saying to me, she goes, how can you keep going like that? And mm. what am we to do? Sit there and wallow. And you mentioned children there. Have you, you, oh, yeah, we have four kids, Joe. Oh, great. Uh, we have four kids. Okay, but as you say, they they, they missed a lot as well because they're they, mal- they're they missed, yeah, yeah. Now, when they so, were babies, the pram was great because Denise could use that as support and nobody could see anything. Yeah. You know, like she has she has her uh, crutches there, but she can't use them because her shoulders are dislocated. If she uses them for five minutes, her shoulders are killing her. Back again, yeah. You know? And like she can't, she can't go up and down the stairs. She's a... Like she, effectively, she's no knees where her knees should be. There's like a mesh in there yeah, yeah. holding her legs together. Now, we were up in the Kappa Hospital there about four years ago to get the cortisone injection. And he had a look and he goes, the next time you're up here, he goes, we'd be probably removing the legs from above the knee. They're that distorted and twisted and it's gone so long. He even had a, he was saying, look, I've seen 80-year-old women with better legs than you. Now, I haven't. Fair <laughs> <laughs> play to you. Play to you. <laughs> Did Denise hear that? Yeah, she's in beside me. She's laughing. Ah, yeah. yeah ah, come yeah. here, Joe. I always put a smile on her face. If uh, there's nothing else in this life, I'll try and keep her happy. Okay. Uh, like it's, ah, look. It's just the way I am. Yeah. Like, we were only courting each other. Like, we were only with each other six months at the time. And she said it to me before. Why haven't you left me? She goes, why don't you get somebody else? Mm-hmm. I said, because I love you. I fell in love with Denise. I didn't fall in love with the accident. You know, it's just... Yeah. Uh, she's... The other half of me, Joe. Yeah. Yeah. I'm the better looking half, but she's the other half of me. Mark, have you been able to... to, to time-wise, get work outside the home. I can't, job. You're full-time, yeah. I can't. You see, when I bring the kids to school, yeah. so I'm free from about half nine till one. Yeah. And then I go and collect one from one school and collect yeah. the other one from the other school later on. So, realistically, I know I can do 18 hours a week or something, but who's going to employ somebody that can only walk yeah. Yeah. from half nine till one and then we'd say from half three till five? Yeah. Uh, it's not that I haven't tried, Joe. I have tried. It's just... And what about I, I things... Just, what I about to the wayside, like, nobody cares. And what about things like holidays? Like, haven't had them. The only time we had a holiday was our honeymoon. And that was in 2001. That's being honest with you, Joe. And is it because it'd be too awkward getting around, or would... would it's everything, Joe. Like, we ha- you'd have to organise... Like, when, if we were to go up to the airport, she'd have to organise a wheelchair from the taxi yeah, yeah, to the yeah. airport. And then we have to organise uh, on the other side. We have looked into trying going on holidays, Joe, but it's mm. near impossible for us. Yeah, oh. like, well, I'm sick of saying no to me, kids. Because they even say to me now, oh, I won't ask daddy. You go straight into mummy. Because yeah. like, it's... Ah, bloody awful, Joe. Talking about even talking about, we'll have to go and actually go and collect one of the kids now. Yeah, okay, go. go on, yeah, go on. Go on, mean, listen, it's been a pleasure I, speaking yeah, to you. Yeah, it's been a privilege from my end. Not at all, no, Joe. Okay, fair play to you, Mark. Well, well, listen, have a good day, Joe. Yeah, and I'll say, I'll I'll to Denise. Denise, okay, you mind Cheers. yourself. Yeah, bless, thanks, Mark. Bye, yeah, bye. yeah, yeah.
Talk to Joe on 0818-715-815. Talk to Joe on 0818-715-815. Denise is back there. Are you back, Hi, Denise? Joe. Yeah, yeah. How are you? Is Mark on? Yes, Joe. Gone out the door, okay. Yeah. God, he, he, he won the lotto the day he met you, Denise. Ah, uh, he's, uh, uh, he's my lover. He's yeah. the best thing in my life, Joe. Yeah. And, and I'd just like to thank you for uh, letting us air that story because I'm sure there's many other people out there today probably going through the same thing. Yeah, yeah, but he says he, he says you're the best thing in his life, so... Anyway, uh, I appreciate I that. <laughs> yeah, okay, and he said it publicly. <laughs> Okay, Denise, um, you you mind yourself. And what age are your children? Um, 25, okay. 21. Okay. Uh, 16 and 10. Okay. Okay, okay Joe. Yep, yeah, hands full. Um, um, okay, Denise, mind yourself. And, um, okay, Joe, thank you for listening. Okay, and thank you for okay, contacting bye-bye. us. That's Denise Dalton, and she's prompting moral calls. Denise was knocked down on 26th of May 1996, the top of Stevens Green there. Catastrophic injuries, as you heard. Resuscitated five times. Driver drove off. I kept driving, kept moving. Siobhan, good afternoon. Good afternoon, Joe. It's, um, it's, I'm quite distressed listening to that lovely couple. Okay. Mark and Denise. And I gorgeous. just feel so sorry. Yeah. And I hope life changes for them. Well, for the better. Uh, mm. My story is this. My father was at sea most of his life, and he was diagnosed with cancer. Mm. Um, and he got a, a time frame of five years, and he was heading out to see my aunt okay. uh, New Year's Eve. Now, he didn't drink anything yeah. like that, and, you know, was very, very careful because he knew he, you know, had to mind himself. So it was a truck, a small van type thing that actually hit him. Okay. And there were two little children there and the guy drove off. And my dad said, remember the reg number. Okay. Now the police caught up with him and he admitted to hit and run. Okay. So apparently they took matters into their own hands and... um. Obviously, they were following up the case, and mm-hmm. Dad was interviewed, as far as I, I'm aware. And unfortunately, on the 2nd of March, my father died. Oh, and when God. I went to get the uh, yeah. uh, death certificate, the doctor that gave it to me said, he asked about my dad's cancer, and I told him it was multiple myeloma, which mm-hmm. it was, and you know, it can be managed now. They can even treat that by getting a bone marrow transplant. Okay. But in any way, um, he said, oh, you're f- how was your dad doing on the treatment? I said he was doing pretty good. And he said, well, let me tell you, the accident that he had, that mm. really was what killed him. Yeah. Because he was his whole system, it was such a shock to the system that it actually, the body couldn't take it. Now, um, then we found out later on, my mother was German. Okay. And like she would not know a lot about the laws or anything like that, and I was the eldest. But we got news then later on that it did go to court. 
Now, I don't know how true it is a legal mind would be able to tell you this better than mm. me, but we were told when it went to court, it was dismissed principal witness dead. So I don't know. Mm. From what I gather from that, that guy uh, got away with what he did. Um, and, I what, just, and, and it was never, did they mean your father was dead? My father died, yeah. No, they yeah. said that when they say principal witness dead. Yeah, well, he was the witness, obviously, but he, too. Yeah, but he was the victim. Yeah, well, that's what they said, principal witness dead. That's what my mother told me. Now she's not here at the moment. He was the victim, but he also, let's be honest, they would take a statement from you or I, if God forbid mm. that happened. But anyway, um, that was the whole thing. He went, and um, I just know that if I wouldn't like to hurt another human being. I wouldn't be able to live with myself if I did something terrible. I also think there needs to be a fund for victims of accidents mm. like, like um, Mark and Denise to help these people along. There needs to be a government fund because I think there is mm. a fund for those that aren't insured yeah, there or are. something. Of course there are. Yeah, there and are. why yeah. not? Like, people yeah. are more important than uh, motor cars, you know? Um, and Siobhan, we, Siobhan, you mentioned that um, your dad was at sea for... Years um, and years, yeah. Um, would, you, would you have... Would he have been home much? Would you have seen much of him? No, I'll give you... This is a true story. My mother became pregnant on my brother. Okay. And he was away for three years. And he knocked at the door. And okay. <laughs> my brother answered the door. And he said, Mom, there's a man at the door. And my dad said, I'm not a man. I'm your daddy. And the child put his hands out. And he said, hello, Daddy. Uh, he missed out on so much. Three years the child was. Yeah, yeah, three years of age, you know. And Hello, Daddy. Yeah, hello, Daddy. And you know how important yeah, it yeah, is, of course, children. Yeah. Sure, they, they keep us going through everything. So then he was killed prematurely. Yeah. He was killed tragically. And, oh, God. Now, I am saying that he had a lifespan, too, with the illness. Okay. But... To come along and yeah, do that fair, on yeah. somebody else, we need to... I'm actually very worried about what Ireland has become myself because we don't have enough police on the streets. Mm -hmm. We have 70,000 new people now in Ireland, more coming. All our resources now, mm -hmm. be it hospital, everything is affected by everybody all these new people coming mm. in, and the government has got yeah, to come along and look at all mm. this and and sort something out. But you still, in fairness, Siobhan, you still hear from people, and we hear them on this program. Once you get into the hospital system, it it works brilliantly. Oh, brilliant! brilliant. It's absolutely yeah. brilliant. I'm so. not um, I'm not giving out about the hospitals. I'm just saying that the pressure. Mm. that the doctors and nurses and medical staff, ambulance, all those people that have remained loyal to us during COVID, mm. they have done a wonderful job. Well, a, lot of, a lot of them were, were, were not born in Ireland either, you know. Like oh, the, I know. The percentage, I, the percentage, I got this discussion with someone at the weekend 
the percentage of people in Ireland who are not born in Ireland is still very, very, very small. Oh. Still very, very small. I know someone said to me, well, every ad I turn on, and I don't know how to repeat this without upsetting people, but I'll try and repeat the way they said it to me. You said every ad I turn on, it looks like 50% of the country is is black and 50% of the country is white. No, and that's I said, not right. I know, but people are saying, <laughs> and I was saying, that's, that's, the, that's the attitude, that's advertisers or woke advertisers trying to address an attitude rather than an audience yeah like it's still it was the number of people who that we that are here and making good lives and doctors and medics and uh, drivers uh, the number of people from abroad is still infinitesimally small but anyway i I take a point that things are under pressure and yeah yeah and i'm not knocking the people because i go to hospital regularly with my conditions and I'm so, so grateful. I really yeah, well mean said, a Tala yeah. Hospital boot would be my yeah. place at the moment. And I couldn't praise them enough in, in the hospital. I haven't met a rude okay. person there at all. Not and at I all, just yeah. take my hat off to them. Okay. But I'm actually, I, I worry. I worry, Joe, okay. about, you know, you look at people and they're homeless and it's cold. Ireland's mm. not a country for people to be homeless. Yeah. I, I say when I go out to the garden, oh, my God, God help somebody who's homeless tonight in this cold. You know, I I pray for them, okay. you know, but please, okay. God, I, okay. things will change. But I have to say my father's death did affect me yeah, greatly course, because yeah. for the five years that he was home, I really got to know him. Oh, brilliant, brilliant. You know brilliant. what I mean? And um, I had then my little boy, my first child, and I remember him saying to my mum, uh, was were, was John similar to uh, oh, Darren? Of course, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he said, my mum said, yes. Oh, he said, I missed out on so much. You know, so like none of us have perfect lives. I know that. But I'm just thinking that uh, I do miss him. He was a good man. And another thing. What was his first first name, Siobhan? Pardon? What was his first name? John. John. And he was terribly um, generous no matter what country he went into. He helped the poor. I often said he should have been a priest, not okay. a married man. Okay, okay. <laughs> because every Irish uh, priest that he met, yeah. he always helped them. He helped everybody, oh, you know. Okay. But uh, that's one thing I oh, can God. remember of him. He was a God-fearing oh, man. God, God rest him. God rest you him, know? Siobhan. Okay, so thanks. Thanks God indeed. And thanks for, thanks for your kind comments at the start there again about uh, Denise, Denise and Mark. That's Siobhan. Joe at rt.ie. Talk to Joe on 0818-715-815. Talk to Joe on 0818-715-815. Professor Anne-Marie Minahan. Anne-Marie, good afternoon. Good afternoon, Joe. How are you? I'm all right, I think. Because I heard you <laughs> a lot last weekend on BBC, uh, National Radio in the UK, and your 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 work, I know, with a lot of other people, was the lead story in most national newspapers in the UK on on Saturday. Because it's, and I know there's always provisos with research, but it is it is a good news story, Anne-Marie. Um, and would you tell us what what area you're researching and so far, uh, what are you, what is the, the thinking in terms of 
um, HRT and Alzheimer's. Yeah, sure, Joe. And we, we've been working now for probably going on for 10 years in the work in the area of Alzheimer's disease. Okay. And one thing that's become obvious over the years is there's twice as many Alzheimer's patients who are women relative to men. Okay. Um, and that's not just due to the fact that women live longer. So women in the UK and probably the same in Ireland live about three or four years longer. But if you take Alzheimer's rates at any particular age at the age of 70, 80, 90, the rates are consistently higher always in women compared to men. So we've been very interested in why that is, uh, which got us interested in the changes that occur in brain health as women transition through the menopause. Uh, And we noticed that there was accelerated brain aging as women go through the menopause, which kind of brought us around to the idea that Mm -hmm. maybe HRT HRT may work and and, and help uh, sort of promote healthier brains uh, as women go from premenopausal to postmenopausal, which is kind of the backstory to why we thought thought about the research that was published and, and did the analysis. And the headline in one of the papers, I think it was The Guardian, HRT potentially important in reducing women's dementia risk. Now, as you know, well, I don't know how, uh, you're from Ireland, obviously, with your, with your, with your uh, lovely voice. Where, where, what part of Ireland are you from, Anne-Marie? Um, down near Skibbereen, so a, a little place called Connemore Point, which is sort of halfway between Skibbereen and Baldyhall on the coast. Okay. Just look, looking, out on, looking out onto Hare Island and Shirkin Island. And have your family still down there? I have indeed. My mother Mary is down in Connemore, might right. be listening as we speak, and okay. uh, my sister and my nephews. Okay, uh, and I know it's your first time on, on uh, national radio here in Ireland. So, the, the you, you know, you would know, Anne-Marie, I presume it's the same in the UK, but up to about two years ago, HRT had a bad rap in Ireland, as they say. Now, it's changed yeah. dramatically in the last two years. Yeah, I mean that that that's kind of historical, I yeah, think, yeah. and it's and and it's it's it's. I mean, it all initiated from a study conducted in the states called the Women's Health Initiative Study, yeah. which was published in the early two thousands, and there was concerns that the synthetic form of estrogen, which is the form that was then used, might be associated with an increased risk of breast cancer. Yeah, yeah. And, and of course, that was major news at the time. Um, and even the authors themselves uh, have, have published many times since saying their results were, were misreported and exaggerated. Okay. Um, so now, I mean, the story is much more nuanced. And, and, you know, when you think about HRT, I mean, there is a minor risk associated with long-term use in, in subgroups of the population. Um, but relative to the, and I can talk about that a little bit more if yeah. it's of interest. Um, but so, you know, the for most women who go on HRT, they go on a combination of estrogen and progesterone. Yeah, yeah. So, so, um, so any woman with a functional womb, um, i.e. women who haven't had a hysterectomy, if they think about going on HRT, it will be a combination of estrogen and progesterone. Uh, and progesterone use over five years might be associated with an increased risk of breast cancer. But to be honest, the increased risk is probably no more than being slightly overweight are consuming okay. a glass, a few glasses okay. of wine a night. Okay. Um, and and, and as, you, as you probably know as well, Amory, in this country, in the last two years, we've opened up, or the government have opened up, the most recent one was, was Nina Hospital last Monday. They're opening up menopause clinics, which is which is fantastic as well. How did you, Amory, how did you come across or say, we must investigate the link, the positive link, yeah 
between HRT and reducing women's dementia risk? Yeah. How did you focus on that? Yeah. So, I mean, the brain is full of estrogen receptors. So if you look at any areas of the brain which are important for cognition or brain health, um, things like the prefrontal cortex, the hippocampus, the interrhinal, these are areas which are really affected as as women develop Alzheimer's disease. These areas of the brain are are full of estrogen receptors. Okay. and, um, you know, when you think of common vasomotor symptoms, which, which women go through, that's due to a particular area of the brain called the hypothalamus, which okay, regulates yeah. sleep and, rep- and um, regulates temperature and things like that. So it, it was kind of intuitive if estrogen is so important for brain function that once you have this kind of gradual loss of estrogen as women go through the, the, the perimenopausal period, that, you know, sort of replacing that estrogen intuitively, we thought, might be associated mm-hmm. with, with improved cognition, which which is what proved to be the case in our analysis. Incredible. Uh, but but, but I, I, I will... Okay. Uh, I will say a caveat, Joe. It yes, was only please, yeah. be- It was only beneficial in those women who carried the 4G. Now that's okay. about twenty five percent of the population, okay, but well. it is it is it is about half of Alzheimer's patients. So it's a really risky gene for Alzheimer's disease. So that if is, you have happen, yeah, yeah, that's very significant. But but uh, Amory, were you not tempted to say, well, hang on, women live longer, so therefore, yeah. if they live longer, they are more women are going to get uh, Alzheimer's. Yeah, I mean, that's so one of the reasons is certainly women live longer. But as I mentioned earlier, if you look at any age, like at the age of 80 or the age of 90, there is consistently more women suffering from Alzheimer's disease than men. So it's not just due to the... So even age standardized rates are consistently higher in in women than men. So there is something about a woman's brain or the way a woman's brain ages, which seems to be more accelerated in women compared to men. And does this lead you, uh, Anne-Marie, obviously, excuse me, it's, it's early days yet, but, it, but does it, do we need lots, of, uh, lots more research or is this enough to be, to be optimistic about for the, to begin with? Yeah. I mean, us scientists always say yeah, we I need know, more, don't we? I know that. I, know <laughs> um, that. Uh, I mean, this is, um, I would say this is, this is a very... It, the, the study is very internally consistent. Uh, the, mm-hmm. I mean, the effect sizes are quite large. So the effect of HRT was was equivalent to being several years younger. Wow. So the effect size were like, but but it was an observational study. It was okay. an observational study conducted in the European Prevention of Alzheimer's and Dementia cohort, and it included just under twelve hundred women, which might seem a lot, but but for mm. for a research study, that's okay. that's relatively small. So, you know, even though it was very consistent and very clear cut in, in this particular study, what we need to do now is to take it on to clinical trial. Great. Yeah. So, so, so recruit women who are um, either E4 or non-E4, okay. thinking of going HRT and then do a proper placebo-controlled clinical trial, which is, which is the next thing we're planning. And how do I know if I have the E4 gene? 
That's a good question. Um, I mean, it's not currently, gen genetic testing for E4 is not currently offered by the health service, the okay. NHS in the UK. And as far as I know, it's not offered as routine in Ireland either. Um, you can get it done privately by doing a genetic test, which you can source over the internet. Okay. Um, but to be honest, if you've got a strong family history of Alzheimer's disease, there's a high likelihood that you'll be, you're an E4 carrier. So it'd be worth finding out. Yeah, that's right. Um, but the thing about E4 is it increases your risk, but of course it's it's in no way what we call prognostic. So it's a risk factor, but it, it in mm. no no way means you'll get Alzheimer's disease. You're just above average risk. Okay. And and Amory, were you were you surprised by the amount of coverage this got over the weekend in the UK? Um, I mean, we thought <laughs> you, it, you, nearly, yeah. you nearly became a, house, a household name overnight. <laughs> yeah, we thought it. We thought it might be of interest, but yeah. I think even we were surprised by the uptake. To be honest, um, I think Alzheimer's disease is 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 of wide interest to us all these days. Yeah. And to be honest, there isn't any drug. Uh, that, I mean, yeah. we have some drug options for Alzheimer's disease. Uh, there are some acetylcholinesterase inhibitors which can help treat some of the symptoms. Uh, and there's a couple of new drugs which are about to come to market called anucanubab and, and, and similar, which help clear amyloid for the brain. But the effect size of those drugs is modest and they're only suitable for small groups of people, for certain, certain Alzheimer's patients. So I guess there's big interest in Alzheimer's disease prevention and in anything that might help sort yeah. of promote cognitive health into old age. So I think it's, it's, it's kind of a big interest in to healthcare services. It's, it's, it's a huge concern for social care, of course, large numbers of people in in uh, yeah. elderly care facilities have dementia. So I think it's it's such a of wide clinical and public health interest and personal interest that even though we were we were surprised, we weren't totally surprised, I suppose, that it it it, it sort of caught so many people's attention. It really did. But but am I right? I don't summarize and saying one that H HRT at this stage people believe is there's, no, there's nothing actuarially 100% right or wrong, but people believe, uh, sorry, science is scientifically proven that HRT for the vast majority of women at that stage uh, works, is is beneficial. That's right. And yeah. and I mean, our, our research is suggesting, I mean, a lot of the early trials which showed negative effects or showed no effects was when women initiated HRT over the age of 60. Okay. I mean, what our research is clearly showing for at least the cognitive benefits in, in E4 carriers is the earlier, the better. Yeah. So um, it seems to be that, you know, and again, I think for brain health, it kind of intuitively makes sense because there's kind of this critical window when you get loss of brain function. And I, I guess it's best that the best time HRT could support brain health is to kind of introduce it early when, when the brain is really changing during this menopausal transition. Good point. Good argument. And then another argument in favour of HRT. But, um, Amory, did you win the young scientist when you were a child? And when did you develop an interest in this? Yeah, I mean, I suppose um, my background is actually <laughs> nutrition. Nutrition is my, my background. Okay. Um, and where did you so, study uh, and... Yeah, so I studied, uh, my first degree was in nutrition and biochemistry in UCC. Of course, yeah, okay. Um, and but do you know where I, your interest came from originally in that area? 
Yeah, I, I think I think it was the fact that I was so bad at languages and the arts, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and I've always been I've I've always had a leaning towards science and maths, I oh, suppose. Yeah. Um, and, and then uh, when I know you're still a young one, where did your career path take you from UCC to this incredible research and? Yeah, I I got a, an EU funding EU scholarship after my degree to to do my PhD, which brought me to Norwich, the Institute of Food Research, um, and then I started my academic career at the University of Reading, where I spent over uh, over a decade, very happy decade. Yeah. Then I uh, I went I, I I spent a year in Auckland Medical School, and then came back to 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 Norwich in two thousand and ten. So that's kind of been my and my, my you, global journey. And have you been granted the freedom of Bally the Hob yet, Amory? <laughs> not yet, not yet, Joe. It's, only, yet, a matter Joe. Of, it's only a matter I'm, of time. And I'm, I'm keeping my eye on the post. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, your 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 mother is still still down south. My mother's still down it's south. Still my, my 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 dad my my dad Cliffy unfortunately passed away a couple of years ago during lockdown. But yeah, my wow. mom my mom is my mom Mary is. Is 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 down south in Connemore. And how did you manage, by the way, during lockdown? You were you were in the UK, where you were further afield at that stage. I was I was in the UK. Yeah, yeah. we had a, a, a few very tricky years. Um, yeah. I mean, research-wise, few very tricky Course, years yeah. because we we do clinical trials, and um, you know there was there was almost a complete lockdown in our clinical trials. And and I also I'm, I'm based at the university. I do also do a lot of teaching. Yeah, yeah. And it was a very very challenging time for the students, and it was a very very challenging time for us working in, in universities to to know how to support the students as best we could. So um, yeah, the research was kind of put on hold there for a couple of years while we kind of took care of of educating our students and you know uh, having to adapt to online teaching in a in a very rapid yeah. manner. So how how can people? Well, I, I, all they have to do is Google your name these days, and the the articles in the Guardian, the Telegraph, and the London Times come up immediately. But in terms of uh, reading the paper in full, is is that available or? Have, it, 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 yeah, it it is available. I mean, if you if you go into uh, there's there's an online um, database called PubMed, P U B M E D, mm-hmm. and if you go in there and and, and put my name Minahan twenty twenty three, the the paper will come up and you can click on it and and read the full article if it's of interest. Okay, well, it is of interest. An enormous amount of people. Um, I know you you say you were taken a little bit by surprise by the amount of uh, became the the main story in the UK. You, you knocked you knocked Harry on Meghan off the front pages. Um, and, <laughs> I, and that, 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 that can only be a good thing, I suppose. <laughs> An Irish woman knocked Harry and Meghan off the, the front pages. Um, I, I hope you, you get back to uh, Bally the Hob soon. And uh, the, the name of the townland, townland is, is not Bally the Hob. You, say, you said it to me there. Is Ballin- it's it's, it, it's Connemore. Connemore. Connemore, that's right. Okay, okay. Uh, Anne Marie Minnan, thank you, thank you, Professor Anne Marie Minnan, thank you so much. Um, it's it's a fast. It's it's just a as I said on Monday when when having heard it at the weekend, I just thought it was a there was two good news stories in Ireland on Monday. 
in in a and it was what did I say? Monday is apparently it's a, it's a marketing scam. We know Blue Monday or whatever. One was your research, uh, and I know you were you were co-leader. There's other people involved. You want to give credit to as well, and I take that on board. Uh, and also the fact that another menopause clinic opened in in Ireland, and that was in uh, Nina Hospital. So, Professor Anne Marie Minhan, thank you so much for your time, Anne Marie. I know you're very very busy, and kind regards to you, and indeed uh, your mother Mary. Uh, down in Connemore. Thank, thank you, Anne Marie. Thank you, Joe. Take thank care. You. Bye you bye. You too. You too. Talk to Joe on 0818 715 815. Joe Duffy. Talk to Joe on 0818 715 815. Just generally, I see people saying, well, okay, it's on the one hand, blaming pedestrians, and hopefully. People will wear high-vis a lot more. Um, but they say, what about cars that are grey and black? And, and if you notice, by the way, at the minute, a lot of our main delivery trucks, and Amazon I'm thinking of in particular, I know it's a great company, but they're, they're a, a peculiar shade of dark grey, which are very hard to see, I think. And uh, they, they have to park. I don't envy the job of a delivery man or woman driving those trucks, be it DHL or... Amazon or whatever, but these these trucks park up all the time, and surely they could be some like a decent post vans. They're beautifully designed. They're bright. They're either green and white, or a mix of light green and uh, and white. But the, the the Amazon some some cars are dark. Some vans are dark, and there's no need for them to be. the The, the brighter they are, the better for everyone's fault. Uh, 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 Jordan Dennis, uh, Jordan. Good afternoon. Good afternoon, Joe. Well, what happened? It's your wife's car, and she parks in our ladies. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Tell- so, my, so my wife Louise, she's a nurse in Lady Lourdes Hospital up in Drogheda, and uh, she went in there on the Friday evening for a night shift. And she went in about eight. And she finished then what twelve hours later. So she's leaving then at eight in the morning. And when she got to the HSC car park, she's seen that her her car door was attempted to be pried open, and her back window was smashed. And as she got yeah. into the car, glass everywhere. She tried to hotwire the car. So, so this was this was in her work car park. Yeah, this in a so, hospital. So, yeah, so the HSE car park there in Drogheda, um, so you get your nurses, your doctors. So whoever whoever targeted the car knew there was a fair chance, to say the least, that the, this car belonged to a frontline worker. Oh, absolutely. Well, you know, you can't. I mean, it says at the signs, you know, HSE, like there's a psychiatric unit on yeah. the grounds as well. So. It's known. It's known that it is a hospital car park. And is is there CCTV or security, or is there a van going around? Or well, you know, the hospital has security. There's a prefab just at the entrance, but uh, the car park in question, there's there's no there's no security present there. Um, there is CCTV cameras, but there's no no manned security patrols. Nothing. Well, were you? What, what about the guardy? What did they say about the incident? To, has, have there been incidents? Yeah, well, the the guardian, my wife went to report to the guardian and and they said that on the same evening there was several nurses' cars broken into in the hospital car park. And so I put it up then on Facebook then, mm-hmm. and within 24, 48 hours, a couple of nurses got in touch with us saying that oh, the same thing happened to me, same car park, a couple of months ago, a couple of years yeah. ago, you know, going back, it, it, it seems to be an ongoing occurrence. So can can is there increased security? Well, well, there's no increased security. I mean, it's just been like the nurses have told me again 
in the past have been told, oh, you know, a CCTV, that's what they have there on the premises. And there's been no follow-up by the HSE. So there's no there's no man security. It's just just CCT uh, cameras. Okay, well, again, nobody likes nobody wants a car being broken into, apart from whatever stunt, the damage to the car. You said they tried to smash the window and tried to hot wire, hot wire it. Yeah, well, they they smashed the window. They got inside, rooted around, tried to hot wire it. Obviously, couldn't hot wire it, get away with the car. But they tried to pry the door open. So they obviously had some sort of weapon. Now, it's one thing having your car broken into, but as my wife's main concern now is yeah, being a nurse in the hospital, coming and going to and from work. What's to deter yeah, yeah, yeah. criminals in the future of a physical, you know, or, or a sexual assault yeah. on a nurse, one of her colleagues, herself? Like, it's just there really needs to be some security in place there. Okay, okay. Especially for people who, by, by definition, are working night shifts and uh, difficult and awkward times doing such an important job. Okay, Jordan, thanks, Anita. That's Jordan Dennis. Joe at rt.ie. Talk to Joe on 0818 715 815. Joe Duffy. Talk to Joe on 0818 715 815. And Joe at rt.ie. Harry Buckless was in sound. The broadcast coordinator, Shane Galvin. Producers Brenda Dunhoo, the series producers Lisa Marie Berry, and remember, put it in your diary if you're in the Cork area, or indeed are able to travel to Cork, because the Kingsley Hotel is uh, at Victoria Cross, just outside the city centre. We'll be there on uh, Friday week, January 27th, for Fun 8 Friday. And as I say, Ray Darcy is next. 0818 715 815 stays open until 3.15pm or email joe at rte.ie.